This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good evening and welcome to Green and White, the uh, weekly, or shall we say not so weekly, Argyle Life podcast. Impressive performance and a, a quite quite a good draw on paper last night against Portsmouth, last night as we record. Uh, and yeah, maybe we could have um, could, would have hoped for a win the way we played, but here we are. So we're all quite happy. Uh, we're going to be talking about the last few weeks here tonight uh, for the next half hour or so. Joining us tonight, obviously, we have myself. Hello for me. We also have Finley. Hello. And we have Fraser. Good evening. And uh, we did unfortunately have a, have a debut last week from a new podcaster, but sadly he was he was so put off by the technical difficulties he's uh, never going to be joining us again. So hello, Luke, if you're listening, <laughs> um, we'd, we'd love to have you back on the podcast at some point soon. So anyway, here we are. So yeah, as it was 24 hours ago now, on from the draw against Pompey, your thir- your thoughts first of all, Finn. Um, good game of football first and foremost. Uh, two decent sides. Um, I thought we controlled the majority of the game um, and, you know, created a couple of good chances, albeit the goals we actually scored probably weren't from those chances. Um, I'm sure we can get onto that in a minute. But um, other than that, yeah, you know, we probably should have won the game, but ultimately Portsmouth are a good side in this division and um, you'll take every point that you can get against teams like that. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think certainly we we we, we played um, we played the better football for the majority of the game. Again, it's that little fifteen minute spell, isn't it? It just keeps coming to bite us in the backside. That fifteen minutes, mm. uh, we had it in the Northampton game, we had it in the Wigan game. Crikey, we certainly had it in the Wimbledon game. The Wimbledon game, we could see three, we could see the three goals in our fifteen minute spell. But we've had it in the we've had it in a lot of games, and we had it again yesterday. Unfortunately, vast majority of the game completely in our goals' control. It was once again a mad 15 minutes that did that did for us. It was between minutes kind of uh, 55 or 70 and 70 or something. We will come on to the, the troubleshooting, if you like, in a minute. We'll come on to what went wrong, what we can do better. I'm sure we'll have a debate about that. But first of all, Fraser, again, that 15 minutes aside, a lot to be encouraged by, would you say? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, usually I would, well, before kickoff, I, I would have been very happy of a point against Portsmouth. I think they're... Um one of the league's better teams and they, they, they always give a good account of themselves. Um, I'm a little bit disappointed though, because I thought we could have won the game. Um, I, you know, we had opportunities to win it and we, you know, we, we, 
we conceded two goals that we shouldn't have really. So um, it, it's, it's, it's a weird one, isn't it? You know, you look at the game and go, well, one point against a good team. Uh, as you said in the intro, we're on a good run of form. So it's all very positive. But we don't... I, I think I'm right in saying if we'd beaten Portsmouth yesterday, we'd have tied for wins across every tie we've played them. I think we would have been equal, uh, beaten each other equal amount of times, which would have been uh, would have been nice. But, uh, you know, it wasn't to be in the end. Hello, Nick. You didn't realize you joined us there with your stats book. That's very impressive knowledge. <laughs> don't insult me like that again. <laughs> I'll do my best. I don't apologize. Anyway, yeah, so that was a good, a good little stat from Fraser. Not one I knew, I must admit. But, but yeah, I, I'm very much off. So coming on to my own view, I'm very much in the same consensus. I think it was a certainly a very good performance for, for most of the game. Um, created created a lot of chances. Like Finn said, they weren't necessarily chances we actually scored from, but um, or at least one of them was uh, was much assisted by a goalkeeping error, the second goal, of course. But uh, yeah, we did create a lot of chances, um, particularly that Hardy one at the start of the second half when he uh, it sort of fell to him about well, from not even six yards out, about four or five yards out, and he all he had to do was just uh, was just uh, lift it a little bit off the well, ground. But he, he knew it, didn't he? They, the camera panned to him after he'd come off and he was just shaking his head. He knew that that was a big mm. chance and that was at 1-0 as well before they... That was brought... at 1-0. Yeah, so that, that may have put the game beyond them. Um, you know, I know that they scored two goals, but some, you know, maybe that might have been a sucker punch that just demoralised them a bit, but I guess we'll never know. But And to be fair, I feel Hardy may be getting a little bit of unfair criticism for that miss in the respect of it was a very, very good defensive block. I think if Hardy put just uh, just you know toe pokes that, even if it's not the best finish, nine times out of ten it goes in anyway. Even if, you know doesn't necessarily have to be the best finish. Nine times out of ten, all you've got to do is get a contact on that, and it goes in anyway. But it was an absolutely sublime block from the Portsmouth defender to to stop that going in. I think we have to give a bit of credit to um, not bothered remembering his name. Obviously, I don't I don't do that much research for this podcast. But <laughs> whoever he was, he was uh, he, he was a fantastic piece of defending from him, uh, and and obviously it stopped. Argar going tune it up, but you really have to feel, don't you, um, fellas, for Ryan Hardy at the minute. He, he's doing most of the stuff right. It's not as if he's going out there and having stinking performance of any means. He, he, he's linking up, he's running, he's pressing, he's, he's certainly assisting goals, um, but he's, he's, he's just not found the goal. We did maybe think that, you know, when, when he got his first goal, the floodgates would open and then we start to see the, the old Ryan Hardy again, but... He did get his first goal against Wigan, and, and and you know so far that certainly hasn't resulted in the opening of, of any floodgates. So, um, what what do we think? What do we think of Hardy? Is, is it worth persevering with him in the starting lineup whilst he does continue to miss chances in, in this way? I think he's doing everything right, but score isn't he? Which oh, I agree. I agree. which is, is is a shame. You know, mm. he had he also had that chance very early on where he went one on one with the goalkeeper, um, and he he took it, tried to take it past the goalkeeper, whereas. I think if he was a bit more confident, he would have just just smashed it, given he was already pretty wide and and, and only going wider by trying to take it around him. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know really because I think I, I we obviously played two up front, and I think Jeff Cott's got his position pretty much nailed down. Uh, he's had another good performance tonight for the under twenty ones. Um, I believe he got an assist in that game, yeah. um, and and there are people talking quite positively and about him on social media following that. So I think he's got that position. We've seen a mixed bag from Frank Lenouvelet. Uh He's certainly a handful. He obviously had a big role to play in last, last night's opening goal. Um, 
but he's a bit hit and miss. He's a bit hot and cold, and and I'm not sure how many goals he's he's really gonna get over the course of the season. Telford's probably not really been given that much opportunity yet. He's he's certainly the least favourite, I'd say, of of the of the strikers. I'd probably persevere with Hardy. I don't think you're necessarily going to gain much by dropping him, um, and and um, then and then play into form. Hopefully, you know. But like I said, he's doing everything right, just not going in the back of the net. I I think I would like to kind of compare Ryan Hardy's performances to kind of Danny Mayer's performances. Um, uh, you know, it's almost like everything but score, and it. However, we know he's got the capacity to pull something out of the bag and and also so um kind of try and play him through this spell. Um and he is making things happen, you know, he is pressing he he is pressing the 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 back line, he is getting in behind, it's just that finishing touch. So um I think that we all know it's there, it's just getting that bit of confidence and maybe if he had a bit more confidence because yes it was a, a great block last night but he did smash it where he could have placed it tried and placed it or dinked it if he had a bit more confidence but that's just football really and um it's also worth saying um we've got timmy abraham who's hardly played and he was on the bench uh, yeah last i completely night. forgot about timmy yeah he, he was on the bench last night and didn't get a minute so maybe and he seems like from the very, very small um, sample size I've seen of him, he does seem like more of a Ryan Hardy type than, say, Frank Nuble, um striker. Yes, definitely. I think I think Telford um, offers something, without a doubt. I think he's much maligned as a player. Sometimes Don Telford, he, a lot of people think he doesn't really do anything. I don't think that's right. I think he is certainly a very active player. I think he he's in the same boat as Hardy at the minute. He's doing everything but score. He got his, his goal against Wimbledon and maybe people thought that would be the start of the opening of the floodgates to him as well. He then got a start in the next game against Shrewsbury and unfortunately, unfortunately didn't do a lot. Um, so far, you know, when he has played off the bench, I think he's certainly done well. He always offers a bit of energy, a bit of, uh, bit of, a bit of chasing, a bit of pressing off the bench. He got in the right place last night to capitalise on the goalkeeping error and head the ball across to assist Apoku uh, for our goals equalising goal. Um, so credit to him for that. But on the occasion where he started games, he's been a bit quieter. So maybe he's more of a sub um, player. Maybe he's more of one to bring on as a bit of a um, a bit of a worthing dervish, if you like, a bit of a wild card, a bit of a firecracker to bring him off the bench for 20 minutes to go and wreak a bit of chaos, but maybe not so suited to starting. Uh, Timmy Abraham, yeah. Um, I, I think if you're Fulham, you're feeling a bit miffed, aren't you, looking at them at a game time? He's saying <laughs> you're them out to Argyle. He has had one start. And, and which, to be to be fair to Ryan Lowe, he, he has given Timmy Abraham a chance. And in, in the chance he gave him, he had a pretty poor game. But that was away at Lincoln. So, you know, that, that was a very tough game. Maybe if we played him at home where we can get the ball built up a bit more, play the ball into him a bit more, he might be able to get more involved. But it is very much undoubtedly Jeff Cott and one other. I think if we had Jeff Cott last night, we would have won the game. I think he would have, he would have won. He would have scored the Hardy one-on-one, probably. And he would have scored the Hardy... Um, chance at the, at the second half and, and maybe he would have just you know with, with being the fox in the box that he is maybe he would have got in for a, a couple more so I think that's worth it's it, it, worth considering it's got to be Jeff got on one more it's just a question who is the one more do you go for Hardy for the fact you know he is pl- largely playing pretty well do you go uh, despite his lack of goals do you go for Nuble who is as Fraser said a real handful but maybe a bit hit and miss 
Do you go for Telford for all of his, you know, industrious work off the bench? Or do you go for Abraham as the, as the kind of the, the, the wild card, the unknown quantity? It's, but it's certainly going to be Jeff Cotton, one other. Can we all, I guess we can all agree on that, can we? Yeah. I think so, yeah. I think well, one thing to be said for Hardy, though, also, is that he is building a very good relationship, it would seem, with Jeff Cott. Um, yeah. And, yeah. and, and they, they do work together, and, and Hardy has created some goals for him. And I think, you know, as much as possible, um, given that A, Hardy is a lone player, so he's not ours and, and, and won't be here for forever, and B, Jeff Cott is, if he keeps on his current trajectory, isn't going to be here much longer either. Um, you know, I would, uh, I, I'd just stick with the two of them, try and make the most of it while we've got that partnership. Well, and, yeah. You know, bring the others in as and when. I think um, it's worth saying, I, uh, to, if we're, um, if it is to be believed, um, Blackpool have got an option to trigger an extra year in Hardy's contract, even though it runs out at the end of this uh, season. Um, but he has, he is worth saying that he's um, obviously the plan is and he's committed to staying down here, I, I would say, because although he's on loan, he's got a house down here. Um, he's, you know, he's brought his family down here with a newborn baby. So um, maybe it's something we, we are looking at longer term. Um, so, yeah, that was just an observation really about it, it, him, you know, him possibly being here longer than this season, even though he is on loan. Yes, um, yeah, I, I think I think it's a tough one really, because I think if he continues, you know, playing at his for us, which yes, largely playing well, but not pulling up trees, I don't think Blackpool are really going to most likely take the opportunity to, to extend his deal because, you know, realistically he's not shown enough that, that Blackpool are going to think, oh, hang on, we'd really better keep him. Because if they were going to do that, they would have just kept him this season, wouldn't they? And, and integrated him into their first team. So that seems very, very much a non-starter. So um, I, I think the way Nuble played last night, I do think he was one of our better players. I feel if you, uh, you know, he maybe got a goal, maybe didn't get a goal, depends how generous he's being with the allowancing. But uh, if he, certainly, certainly he 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 very much created the goal, even if he didn't uh, wasn't the fifty deemed to have scored it. If he, if he went down as an own goal, but if you say to Nuble after that performance on uh, last night, uh, well, we're going to Fleetwood on Saturday. Sorry, Frank, you're back on the bench again. Uh, Ryan starting with, with with Luke. Then I think he, you know, as much as they do have a good chemistry, I think they're gonna feel feel quite aggrieved. Really, I think you would feel quite aggrieved if you're Nuble. And I'm not always the biggest fan of Nuble. Um, I think he. How can I put it? He often sometimes he doesn't really seem to know what what his role is. He seems, sometimes seems to be a, you know a target man who's a bit afraid of being a target man. But when he does get the ball, uses his strength and, and good close control to really drive forward on defenders. He, he can be a real threat. So I think I would start Nuble and Jeffcott and just maybe look to reintegrate Hardy in his role as a as a super sub, which, which he certainly can do very well as we saw last season. Let's not forget. Uh, I think half of his or you know maybe even more than half of his goals last season were off the bench. He wasn't always a regular starter with Jeff Cott. So it's worth maybe considering moving him into that role. So Fraser's leaning, leaning towards Hardy and Jeff Cott. I'm leaning towards, certainly at least for the next game, Nuble and Jeff Cott. Uh, Finn, what, what are you saying? Are you gonna, are you going to put the casting vote one way or the other or are you going to go for uh, maybe a Telford or an Abraham to mix it up? I mean, I, I don't know. Um, we've got <laughs> Sit remember, on that bench, Finn. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't really know. It's really difficult um, because you've got lots of different options and... I'm trying to think of the in the mindset of Ryan Lowe. Like he is a striker. He was a striker. Sorry, he was a striker as a player. So he understands the striker's mindset after a game. I would, mm. I would think. You know, if they've 
help score a goal if they scored a goal, whether they should be in or not. Um, but I would certainly put Jeff Cott in because I think he's our best finisher. Um, you know, um, and he and um, he's a bit more instinctive than any anyone else we've got. Um, it is worth saying that Telford, you know, Nuble, Hardy, and even probably Abraham can can all score goals. Um, but I think I don't know. I would go Jeff Cotton Hardy personally, but I think that's quite harsh on Nuble. Yeah, I, I, I think, um, yeah, fair enough. I, I can certainly see the point of view. I can honestly see the case for any of the four of them, even Abraham, who appears to be the forgotten man, you know, albeit only in the checker trade. He, he got three assists. And, you know, three assists is, uh, you can't really ask much more than three assists apart from perhaps scoring a goal. So even with Abraham, he, I haven't actually seen the game back in full, put in a very good performance in the checker trade. So I think even he's got to be considered. So there is a case for all four of them and it'll be interesting to see which one we use. So... Now, on to our next kind of point of contention then as to maybe where we can improve because I do want to use you know, maybe the last five, ten minutes to talk about the positives we've seen because there have been a lot of positives. You know, we dropped points last night, but we would won four in a row before that. So I do want to talk about the positives. Before we do talk about the positives, let's talk a little bit about the defence because obviously that's um, an area that's maybe reared its head again a little bit. We we have had some games we've defended well, like the Doncaster game we defended well, you know, only letting the one goal. Charlton, we defended well, kept the clean sheet. But, of course, the Swindon game, we let in a couple of soft goals. And we certainly certainly let in a couple of soft goals last night with Watts, you know, a bit of naivety, maybe, putting his hands out like that. The, the new handball rule uh, is very much enforced, whether we agree with it or disagree with it. Uh, that, the, the interpretation of the rules now, if you have your hands up, protecting your face, a penalty is going to be given. So it was a bit of naivety from Watts to, to jump with his hands in the air like that. And, obviously, for the, for the, for the second goal... A bit unfortunate. Ainson's just just tripped over, which can happen to any pro. It's just this is a bit a bit of an unfortunate thing to happen. But we've still had plenty of opportunities to clear the ball, and Fauna's just completely switched off. Unfortunately, completely misjudged the header, and and obviously Pompey have scored from it. Uh, and so that's two two pretty soft goals to concede. You 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 know maybe you could just put it down to to, to little bits of naivety for Watts, but certainly for the second goal that was that was very much preventable. Uh, we've been having a bit of a discussion on our on our internal social media channels all all, all day today. Uh, and Fraser, I'd like you to, to make the case first of all that, as to why Niall Canavan, as you believe, should be installed back into the starting eleven for Saturday's game. Well, as we know, I'm wrong on this because I put this to the Argyle fans on Twitter earlier today, and uh, 73.3% of them <laughs> believe that uh, Niall Canavan shouldn't start. Um, that being said, I disagree. Um, and I'm the one on the podcast, so I'm going to shout about Niall Canavan. Um, now, I'll be the first to admit that I've not been his biggest fan. Um, as, as you in particular know, Sam, he's, he's not someone mm-hmm. that's impressed me a great deal. Um, I just think we're conceding too many goals. I think we're conceding too many goals. We, you have to look at, if you look at the league table now, you have to go down to 17th to Rochdale to find a team that have conceded more than we have. Um, it's it's not ideal to say the least. Um, now don't get me wrong; I think we're in a good position. I was somebody that said on this podcast and said to friends and whatnot that, that this season should be about consolidation. But it seems, and I might be misquoting here, so so do correct me if I'm wrong. But I believe Danny Mayer may have gave a hint on Sky Sports last night that the aim is for the top six this season. Um, now I'm not sure if that's true. That I I've 
uh, that second-hand information I've got. But if it is true, if we are aiming, we to certainly say words to that effect. Yes, yeah. um, um, yeah, that was the gist of it. Yeah, we, you know, I did a little looking into it, um, and long story short of it, over the last ten complete seasons in this division, you need to concede less than fifty-nine goals if you want to finish in the playoffs. Um, <laughs> Peterborough did it without by conceding more. They conceded seventy-five. But they did score 106. But every other team in the last 10 years conceded less than 59 goals if they wanted to finish in the playoffs. And we're we're behind that run rate at the moment. And I think that a lot of it is to sloppy individual mistakes. Um, now, that isn't to say, I know people go, you're being negative and depressing. and being, I do think we're playing very well. I think we're we're hitting above where I thought we would be. I thought we would be consolidating the season, and we, we, you know, we. They say wait until you're ten games in to make a judgment, and and we're we're handling life in League One very well. Um, I would just think Canavan's our most. Although I don't think he's the most, you know, groundbreaking of centre backs. He's, in my eyes at least, our most reliable and more importantly, our least error prone. Um, you know, Watts made a made an error last night, cost us a goal. Um, I've seen it back, you know, probably unfair to say that Ameson cost us a goal, but he, he did against Wimbledon. Um, I think I'd probably bring in, bring Canavan in. I'm not sure who I would drop out of um, a Poku or Ameson. Bit harsh on a Poku because he scored last night, but our centre-backs aren't there to score goals. They're there to stop them going in. So, but I'd probably bring Canavan in. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll put the, 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 the opposing point of view across then, and then we'll let Finn again come in and come in and have the casting vote again. The, like the, the, popu- so, the populist uh, view, <laughs> I have to say, Sam. Well, yeah, well, <laughs> well the, the phrase of pop- popular does not necessarily mean the same as populist. Joe Biden was more popular than Donald Trump. He was certainly not more populist than Donald Trump. So uh, I, shall, I shall leave that, let that lesson on uh, political and ideological education to the listeners to to mull over but uh, anyway going back to the, uh, the the topic at hand um i i'm actually coming in this from the completely opposite angle in all respects to phrase because i actually have been quite a fan of canavan so we, we've got good room for nuanced debate here I, i've liked canavan a lot i still think he's our best defender um overall um my re i, I think he's just to expand on that a little bit i think he, he makes the players around him play well i think he, he's certainly um probably the best in the air uh, and i think he's probably the best at playing out from the back so I think if I ask, if you asked me to name our best team completely free of context, would he be in it? I, th- I think yes, he would. But um, going on to going on to the, the upcoming game, no, I wouldn't purely because uh, for the same reason why I wouldn't have brought in um, Connor Grant or, or George Cooper back in. I think that whilst you can have someone who you believe is our best team, which I think Canavan is, much like I think Grant and Cooper and George Cooper are, but. I wouldn't have brought them back in, you know, unless it was enforced because the players who were in were doing a good job. And I think Apoku has been largely doing a good job. And I think uh, as well as that, he's the only one of the three defenders who didn't make an error that was leading to a goal last night. That's not to say that he had a perfect game last night. He had a couple of heart-in-the-mouth moments, but he didn't make an error that led to a goal. And I think largely he, he is looking more assured and, and, and looking better as, 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 as time goes on. He certainly looks... Um, his best game for us was against Charlton. We discussed that on the podcast that got recorded and never transmitted. He had his best game against Charlton. Um, and he uh, had, had, had a largely solid enough game last night. Um, he got a goal and he 
uh, didn't make any mistakes that led directly to a goal, a couple of misjudged balls, you know, that kind of thing, but largely pretty good. So I think I would give him another game. Let's not forget it is a very long, very grueling season coming up. So rotation does not have to be a dirty word. I think I would bring him in. I would maybe then look at bringing Canavan in possibly for the, the next game after on the Tuesday away to Peterborough, results dependent, or, or maybe, you know, maybe the Saturday after that, who knows? But I think I would, yeah, would I, would I look to integrate Canavan back in eventually? Yes. Would I look to drop a poku for Canavan at the moment? I'd say no, because I think Apoku is, is largely doing okay. And I think I certainly wouldn't drop Ameson for, for Canavan because Ameson, yes, he did make a slight mistake last night. But apart from that, I thought he had an absolutely fantastic game last night. I think he won everything he had to in the air, won everything on the ground and actually played the ball out pretty well, uh, used the channels well, found the runners. And that one little slip aside, I think, yeah, very, very, very good game indeed. So, and also the, the other disadvantage you drop Ameson is you have three left centre-backs in a, in a back three, which, yes, you know, I know that, you know, they're professionals, they can play on their weaker foot, but is it the ideal situation to have three, three left footers in a back three? I would say not. So I, I'd give the trio one more game and, I, and I'd look to, well, at least one more game. Obviously, if, if we have another bad game, then yes, I would look to may, maybe bring one of them out. But certainly for now, I'd give them one more game and I'd look to integrate Canavan um, at a later point in the season. So that's the, ca- the case for and the case against. Now, uh, Finn, which way are you leaning? Um, Canavan, Canavan in for the next game. Actually, that's twice you put the casting vote in Fraser's favour. I'm very yeah. It's because he doesn't like Rochdale. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I take the um the view that one Canavan lost his place to COVID, so it wasn't actually um bad performances, and um and although um I think that that Apoku um, has done um, good jobs at times. I think if you look at the age of that spine that we've got at the moment, whether you put Conor Grant in uh, with, say, Kamara on uh, on Saturday and then Tuesday because we're coming up against two very good teams is another thing. But look, so you've got Cooper, 20, Watts, 21, something like that. Fawn is 21. Aimson's only 24. So I think you do need a bit of that extra experience and... um. I just think that Canavan's um a lot more um commanding in the box. Um, you know, uh, I, I I would put him back in because I think against um t- like Fleetwood and um Peterborough, they have the capacity to uh tear I didn't think Portsmouth were particularly excellent going forward um last last night and yes they were missing a few players. But I think um, Pleatwood and um, Peterborough have the capacity to be even better than Portsmouth were. And Portsmouth still scored two goals. So um, for that reason, I, w- I would put Canavan back in um, because I think he, he does make our defence um, a bit more solid. And although it might be slightly harsh on Apoku, um, I think it's better for the team specifically in these last um, next two games. I mean, you can look at it afterwards, but for these two games, I think Canavan. Fair enough. And I, I, what I should add as well with that is that I'm not uh, at the point whereby I uh, would, would be angry or, or annoyed with, with any outcome. I think we've got four good options there. Um, and, 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 you know, even 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 Wootton is the fifth option, as long as you play him at right centre-back rather than the middle centre-back, he's a capable option also. So we have got options now. I wouldn't be annoyed to see any. And obviously Sawyer to come back as well at, at left centre-back. So, we've, crikey, we've got... We've got options, all right. So I wouldn't be angry of any outcome, but I think my preferred outcome would be to see a poker come in. But I can certainly respect the the other point of view. So um, I'm where, where I am a little bit worried, and 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 actually have been for a few weeks. Finn will say this isn't just a response to 
um, losing the winning one. I have. I did actually say this on the podcast that they got recorded but never released. He's unfortunately Fauna. I think he's for too long in the game a bit of a passenger. Sadly, I think he he will he will have too long where he just sort of drift, drifts around, not really doing a lot, not really showing for the ball when we're in possession, but also not really not really getting his foot in, not really pressing when we're out of possession. And when he does get involved, I'm not saying he's all bad. He can do some stuff right. It, it sadly appears to be. To make mistakes, he, he certainly made a mistake when, when he had the opportunity to, uh, to get the ball away for Pompey's second last night. So I think he it's maybe looks a bit of a boy playing a man's game at times. Is he, is he capable of, of some good play? Yes, he is. But does that come often enough and does it override the mistakes that have been made? At the minute, I would say probably not. I think we've definitely looked better um, both actually last night and I would actually say against Swindon uh, when Conor Grant came on uh, and, and played that played that deepest role controlling the ball controlling the ball from the, from the midfield um so I, I think that's um I, th- I think that's the way i would i would look to go i, I would look to integrate grant in uh, in that dm role and take fauna out what's what's your thoughts on that one um from the pair of you i'll let you go because i've gone um go on then Brandon. i think um i think again i can't believe i'm going to defend another player that um that I wasn't particularly fond of last season, but I think Conor Grant's probably being one of our better players, if not other than maybe Jeff got our, our best player this season. And um, I think you, you move whoever to bring him into the team, into that into that midfield trio. Um, I, I would start him above all three of them, um, you know, and that includes Danny Mayer. Um I wouldn't. I would. I would probably do what you said, Sam. I'd probably bring him in and put him in that holding role. I think he's looked. Ass- he looks different this season, Conor Grant. He looks a bit more confident. He looks a little bit more assured. He looks a bit more. I don't know. He he, he looks a different player. I don't I can't quite put a finger on it, but I I think he 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 just he he firms us up a bit, but he also has a bit of a tent going forward. And you know when you can. He's obviously got a bit of conf- more confidence about him because he's now banging them in from silly distance as well. You know, and, and players players will avoid taking shots when they're not confident because they don't want to get it in the ear from the manager or, you know, from the striker that's waiting for the pass. So I, I would I would bring him back in. I think he's he again, he was unlucky obviously with COVID. Um but I would I would look to bring him back in and and integrate him into the team. Um yeah, I think Fauna's mistake last night was unfortunate, but again it's it's not helpful. Um you know, it's it's not ideal, and and I think that there's some talent there, but unfortunately at the moment, I think I think Grant's been has played better at the start of the season, and I think Grant deserves that starting spot. Yeah, I, um, what, what do you reckon, Finn? Is, is it, are we unanimous on this one then, or? Yeah, um, yeah, I would go for Connor Grant. I think in defensive of Terry's Fauna, um, I don't think he's been um, particularly awful. Um, I think he's made some unfortunate mistakes. Um, but I, I would also like to say that it is his first spell, um, really, in uh, English, uh, if I'm correct, English professional football, really, um, this season. Um, and mm. he is... Is it? Because uh, he went on loan to Italy last... Was it Italy last season? Uh, I don't know. I don't know where it was, actually. Let me just Google that. Uh but I am quite sure that, that this is his first at least prolonged spell um in, in you know in the English league and um also yeah, with our, yeah. 
Yeah, and he's never played for an English club really, apart from obviously not no. in the Forest and the Leeds and before. Forest, I don't think he's ever actually played for in the league either. I think maybe he might have had one League Cup game or, or whatever. But uh, yeah, no, so, it wasn't Italy. It was it was Portugal, Portugal, Portugal. Yeah, right, sure, that's right. Right. And, and then and I've assumed that was an Italian name, but and then Wikipedia page to find out that Portuguese gone. And then maybe Italy before that. Oh, I don't know, but it might just be Portugal. But anyway, um, yeah. So if you take that into account, um, he really hasn't had a. Uh, an awful start I would just think unfortunately for him he's in a formation where he is the only sitting midfielder really um, so if he makes a mistake around around that area it might be costly when you're running at three exposed defenders then um, and also Connor Grant he, like like uh, Fraser said uh, has been our best if not second best performer after Jeff got this season I think so and also he's improved a lot um, we all we all know that that he he's you know been a been a good footballer. Um, he he's just kind of mounted it up this season, and even last season he very 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 rarely gives the ball away. From my I don't look at stats, but I'm surprised if he gives it uh, the ball away more than probably two or three times a game. He he's very tidy in possession, and um, currently with um, our defense conceding. Um, quite a few goals I think he's kind of um, what we need at the moment just to kind because when he came on um, last last night you know yes okay we were uh, 2-1 down for uh, for some time in that but we just looked a lot more um, calm in possession we certainly did we certainly did and that coincided with the game turning back in our favour so I think that quite neatly segues into what I want to use the last sort of 10 minutes to talk about which is positives because I'm very aware that we did we did a lot of uh, happy, fluffy, positive talking last week, but of course none of our li- lovely listeners are going to get to hear it because obviously it never got never saw the light of day. So let's just repeat some of the positive talking what we had. So Conor Grant, absolutely one of them. He's had to quite unfortunately, really after after catching coronavirus, the poor chap had to c- uh, come back and sit on the bench. Which to be fair, when he's done that, he's come in and, and largely played very well off the bench. He came on against Swindon came on against Charlton, albeit only for about three minutes, and, and came on last night. And certainly last night, it, we, you know, Pompey had just scored two goals. The wind was in their sails. They were really getting control of the game. And we were thinking, oh, no, is this gonna, are they going to really come and hammer us now and get, you know, 3-4-1? Please, no. But Conor Grant came on, kept the ball, moved the ball around really well, regained possession, uh, kept, kept recycling the ball, used the ball wisely. And, and, and actually very energetic and very much involved in showing, which maybe that was his criticism last season, a bit too much of a passenger at times, but absolutely anything but a passenger uh, when he came on last night. So full credit to him for that. And I think he, he's been uh, the real sort of unsung, well, not unsung, actually, because a lot of people have have rightly said how good he is, but the unexpected, if you like, real breakthrough success of this season. Don't fair bedroom to that. Um, another positive I want to talk about, um, Mike Cooper. Really good game again last night. Couldn't be expected to do anything for either of the goals. One of them was a penalty, and what a fantastically struck penalty it was, right into the corner, didn't have a hope. And an absolutely sublime 20-yard shot for, for the Pompey's second goal, uh, which he had, he had no chance of getting. But just over the last few games, he kept the clean sheet, um, obviously, at Charlton. I don't think he could be really be blamed for any of the goals conceded. Um against Swindon or Doncaster. He hasn't made any mistakes in a long time. He's looking a lot more commanding of his area. Coming to collect crosses a lot better. Uh, Shot-stopping is very good. He he made a good save from um, 
uh, who, who was it last? Marquis last night. He made a very good save, I felt, from Purrington um, against Charlton. So really coming into his own. But the real thing that he, he, has, he has the kind of unique selling point, added value, um, if you like, in a Ryan Lowe team in his distribution for a team that does want to play out from the back. He is a keeper who is certainly very comfortable with his feet, good playing out from the back, and, and very incisive in his decision-making. How often will you see him collect the ball and then woof, you know, throw it straight out? No faffing about, no waiting, re- really decisive, really incisive. So full credit to him. He's coming on absolutely fantastically. Um, yeah, your thoughts on that? Well, uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll mix it up a bit. We'll go Finn first this time, then Fraser. What do you think, Finn? Um, yeah, I echo your thoughts. I think um, he's been excellent last few games. And I actually think um, people haven't perhaps given him the praise he deserves because we have been conceding goals still. <laughs> Um, mm. but, um, uh, you know, he, um, after maybe, um, uh, uh, a couple of goals in the last, in the first couple of games that he, um, might have done or felt he could have done better with, um, he, uh, he's been absolutely excellent. And, um, I think we touched on last week, um, the, uh, you know, I, I think single, one of his single biggest strengths other than distribution is actually coming from the ball from crosses. Um, he very, re- he's, um, he always seems, you know, there's been a couple of times where teams like to, if I'm correct in saying this, um, you know, surround him and put pressure on him, understandably as a young, relatively inexperienced goalkeeper, but he seems to deal with that well as well. Um, I don't think we, have we conceded from a corner yet this season? Ah, sorry about that pinging. Nick can edit that out. Um thought I'd put it on mute. Uh-huh. Um, I uh, I don't think we have. I, mm. I can't think of a time where we have. No, I, I'm kind of running oh. through the goals we've been in my mind. No, I don't think we have. Um, so, I, in fact, I, I'm pretty sure we haven't. So, yeah, that's it's said a lot. So, he's dealt with that very well um, when he's been put under a lot of pressure, like you said, distribution, and um, made a very good save from, um, was it Marquis? Um, I, know it yeah, was, yeah. I know it was a good height for him, but he had to be quite instinctive because it came at him quite fast. So that that was um that was a good save and yeah generally he's been very good. Absolutely, absolutely. Fraser, anything to add to that? No, I think he's been excellent, especially given his age and lack of experience. I think he's he's made the step up very well. Um, he's you know he's clearly got a few things to learn. I think he's been working on his near post a little bit because at the start of the season he had a few um a few scary moments, but um. You're going to get that with someone his age, aren't you? You're going to get a few moments which are a bit, you know, what have you done there, Mike? But I think on the whole, he's been he's been fantastic, and um, you know, long may it continue. You know, I think like him and Jeff Cott, let's get them both tied down to to long term contracts, and um, you know, I, I think given that Mike Cooper can also play with his feet, and that's the obviously the trend at the moment. I um. I think he could become a very valuable asset, uh, you know, as the as the next season or two go on. I don't think he'll be at the club much longer, unfortunately. I I, I think he'll he'll be snapped up. Yeah, quite 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 possibly, and if so, let's just enjoy him yeah. while we can. I guess one one more positive thing before we wrap up and and look forward to the weekend. Uh, he didn't play last night, but we, uh, but we and obviously we did speak about him quite a lot. Obviously, Finn will know we did on the podcast. It never got transmitted, but um, Luke Jeffcott, uh, wow, uh, what a great run of form he was on. Obviously, before going off on international duty, um, by the sounds of it, had two pretty good games in international duty and didn't score in either of them, but got an assist today. 
and by the sounds of it, had a pretty well-involved, but a lively game against Moldova uh, in, in, in the previous game. So Jeff Cott, yeah, lot lot of reasons to be positive there about him um, scoring goals, real fox in the box, real poacher, but also good general play as well. Can we Can I just say Paniche Kamara as well? It's been um, he, I thought yes. he had another yeah, very good game um, last night, and um, he's been um. He he's been very good as well, and he's one that has improved as the season's gone on and looks continually um, to you know be getting better. Um, yeah, and yeah. Just to go back there on 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 Jeffcott, and um, given my absolute route, uh, you know, embarrassing defeat earlier today on Twitter when I uh, obviously backed the wrong horse. Um, a few weeks ago, I suggested in the, I asked in the groups that we have. Um, how long before we consider Luke Jeffcott the best player in the team? Uh, what do you guys think? When when does that moment come? Has it come, or you know, has he got the ability to be to be classified as as the best player in the squad? Yeah, it's a tough question. I I don't think it's quite come yet because I think George Cooper, uh, I think George Cooper is our best player in the squad. I think he's done it over such a prolonged. <laughs> no, kind of Adam. Yeah. <laughs> Both for us and, uh, and and previous clubs. So I, I think George Cooper. It's probably just about our best player in the squad. Um, but Jeff Cock, yeah, certainly if he keeps us up at the minute, it's what, six goals and seven starts. That's just an, an incredible ratio, really. So if he keeps scoring at that rate or anything remotely like that rate, for, the, for you know, by the time January, February roll around, he'll either be not at the club <laughs> or if he's at the club, he'll still be our, he'll, he'll be our best player for sure. And he's, but it's not just the goals, he's doing everything else right. He 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 obviously I don't think it actually was an assist in the end, but he virtually got the assist for Hardy's goal at Wigan. It was absolutely fantastic pressing on the defender that forced the defender into into a hurried back pass that Hardy capitalised on and, and you know very much passing pass and move has been good. He he's actually um put put on a bit of what looks like, you know, upper body muscle as well, which is very very beneficial to him and he's battling with defenders. He's doing a little bit better in those aerial duels, even if he's not winning the headers, he's at least putting up enough of a challenge so that the header um isn't a very well directed header, which is a very much an underrated uh attribute. He's not doing a uh, not doing the good old Freddie Ladapo where he jumps in the air about three point five years before the ball actually gets there, which uh <laughs> isn't always ideal from a striker. But uh he, he, he's doing he's doing a lot of good there, um, Jeff Cotton. And yeah, again, as, as with Cooper, long may it continue. And isn't it just refreshing, um, Finn? Going on to you now, just to have two players who are who have come through from the youth team and absolutely do not look in any way daunted or out yeah. of their depth, really holding their own. Yeah, completely. Um, uh, you know, particularly on um, Jeff Cot, uh, I make no. Um, you know, I, I I like to say quite a lot that. Um, well, um, I'm 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 interested in uh, in, in Wales being um, in, in a football team being um, half Welsh and and see and you know it made me very made me very proud even though I've had no uh, part to play in it if he was to say um, you know get called up for the senior team, um, but um, looking at like both the games in detail, um, you know, Jeff Cock um, by the by the looks of it came up against. Um, some pretty kind of hot property in terms of youngsters um, in that German defence um, tonight. And um, for the very limited amount of ball that, that he did have, um, he was he was excellent. Um, but yeah, Mike Keeper as well. Um, again, we touched on it. And I don't, I think I'm right in saying that 
this is probably the first time since Luke McCormick and Paul Watson that we've had two um, t- uh, players from the Youth Academy in the team at the same time. Well, we, we, we've had McCormick and Sawyer, of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I think yeah, Gary Sawyer's part of the furniture now, isn't he, the poor bloke? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But I, know, I know what you mean, Finn, because those two both left and came back, didn't they? And Obviously also we did. have got, um, you know, to go one further, um, we've got Adam Randall down uh, up at Torquay, who, um, you know, mm. there's been a few mixed reports. I know he got sent off in his last game. Um, but, you know... Can you really um, down at Torquay there, Fraser? You know that every team's a dirty northern Yeah, I almost, I almost yeah. did say down at Torquay there, yeah. Um, mm. But, uh, yeah, you know, Adam Randall's apparently, you know, doing all right there. I mean, we've got a very, very congested midfield, but, um, you know, uh, with a lot of quality in it and it's going to be difficult for him to get in there. But, you know, I don't think many of us, with the greatest respect to Luke, thought he would be anything like he's been. You know, I thought we thought, you know, he'd just go out on loan and, yeah, he might come back and score a few. But how many, you know, how many false dawns have we had? You know, I'm just thinking in the last couple of years, you look at Fletcher and uh, and and Tyler Harvey, and you know, both Lewis at times. Well. You thought, also. Yeah, yeah, and you, you know, you thought we got a real local lad here, and it's, it's. Don't get me wrong; it's great having a local lad like Watsy, and you know, obviously everything that he did at the club, and and you know, the most successful captain that. But there's something really fun about having a local striker because yeah. they, they're the ones that score the goals and that's what's really exciting, I think. Yeah. Yes. Um, so a lot of reasons to be positive overall. Yes, a couple of areas that could do a bit of fine-tuning, could cut out a couple of silly defensive errors. I think, uh, as Fraser said, the the goals that we're on, on track to concede, I think it's that. We, we had this discussion again earlier. It's 63 uh, at the minute, right? You know, the I think there's only other that one team uh, who has got to the playoffs conceding more than 57, and they were a real real outlier team. That was Peterborough, who scored I think 103 or something daft. And obviously, they were very much a very much a you score four, will score five team, which whilst we're an attacking team, we're not quite on that same level. So yes, we do need to either tighten things up at the back or get even better up front, or ideally a bit of both. It would be nice if we could do both. But uh, by and large, even though we're maybe a little bit. Um, little bit profligate in front of goal and maybe a little bit error prone in defence, certainly in the midfield. Absolutely, absolutely good. Certainly bossing games. Um, the wing backs have been fantastic. Joe Edwards, Byron Moore was obviously took a knock, didn't make last night, but George Cooper came back in and he was his usual majestic self. So really, really a lot of positives, a lot, lot of encouraging stuff to say as we go ahead to what is now a, a busy, busy schedule. So we're, we're just to run through the next, next few games. We're away to Fleetwood on Saturday. That's going to be a toughie. Away to Peterborough the following Tuesday night. That's definitely going to be a toughie. And then it's the FA Cup second round at home to Lincoln. Not a league game, but, you know, another another game against a team at the top of League Two. Uh, there's a Tuesday night at home to Rochdale, which is the easiest game in, in the cluster, sort of on paper at least. And then the following Saturday after that, home to Ipswich. Um, somewhere in that, <laughs> we're probably going to have... Somewhere in that in that batch, we're probably going to have to postpone game away at Accrington. Also, and Accrington are on absolutely fine form. They've got 18 points out of their first nine games. Been on fine form before and indeed after their coronavirus disruption. So, tough run of games coming up. Very tough run of games coming up. Uh, let's just start with... Uh, we're probably not going to record another podcast till... Eh, we might do one. We might do one before Peterborough, I guess. But certainly not till after Fleetwood. Maybe not till after Peterborough. So, let's do score predictions for Saturday. Uh, first of all, I think it's going to be a tough game. 
Um, myself, Fleetwood are a tough team, but I think they're actually one of the teams that are better at home than they are away, and, and we're a bit weaker on the road. So I think it's going to be a tough, a tough one. I, I think I can see us maybe falling a little bit short and uh, and, and and losing 2-1. Uh, let's go to you, Fraser. Um, oof, they're, they're a good team, aren't they? Um, I, I, I'm going to be somewhat optimistic. I think there's going to be goals because I don't think we can defend and I think we can score. I'm going to go with two, two all. Um, but I, I think if we can get a point and come home, it'd be great. If we can get a win, it'd be fantastic. Especially, you know, Peterborough, the form team in the league, the game after, you know. So, yeah, let, let's hope for a draw. I'm going to go two all. What about you, Finn? Um, I always like to, yeah, like to try and be positive. I never like to say we're going to lose, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I think Fleetwood's going to be really tough. And um, you know, I don't know too much about the team, you know, the ins and outs of it. But I know they're having a, a very good season, and Joey Barton's done a done a good job there. Um, so I'm going to go with a one-all draw. I think. Yeah, and that's a, well. I hope you're right, and I think we'll all be very happy if we don't have to hear this sound at all. <laughs> the famous Fleetwood Town goal music. Oh dear. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a more cheery note than Nick usually ends it on, though. Nick usually comes in and tells us we're going to get spanked at the weekend. So uh, that's, yeah. that's can I just add? That's the main reason I don't want us to concede on Saturday, so I don't have to hear that and it go round in my head when I when I finish watching the game. Yeah, we, no, no, nobody likes to hear it today, really. But uh, it's it's it, it's not the it's not the best noise to hear in the world as an opposing fan. But uh, there we have it. At least we're not going to have at least we're not going to have the fans there, the uh, the ultras, the cod, and as they call themselves, the Fleetwood Ultra. And so, thankfully, you know, we don't have to worry about going to Fleetwood and uh, being faced by the intimidating ultras, the cod. That's the one bonus of being behind closed doors. So, anyway, thank you very much, and for me, that's good night. Bye. Bye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.